Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Welcome back from Black Friday shopping and Cyber Monday and uh, Thanksgiving. You know, what a better, what a great time to get refocused on your finances. Yeah, we have some great topics today. But before we get into that, uh, kudos to the Tigers. They... They beat the Gamecocks. I was actually at the game. It was a phenomenal game back and forth. Both teams played really well, and, um, you know, Tigers came out on top. Much better team overall. Wow. Well, I was shocked at how good your quarterback was. Yeah, he did well. I had no idea he had that kind of capacity. I'm not sure many people thought he had that capacity. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Gamecock fans I talked to seemed a little shocked that he was as good as he was, and we were looking at him like first time we really focused on him this year thinking – my goodness, this is like an NFL type quarterback. So, hey, good, you know, y'all, good game. y'all put up a good, good, good fight, no yeah. doubt. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, we have some great uh, information for you today. We have the retirement killers. You know, these are ones you're going to want to avoid. <clears throat> we got ten things here that uh, can derail your retirement leading up to or in retirement. So you certainly want to pay attention to these. And we have the antidote for how to fix these 10 things. Nice. The answers too, huh? The answers, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to follow that up with a discussion on when to retire, right? We had that conversation, gosh, it seems like almost daily with people retiring. I think we did a stat a couple of weeks ago about there's like 10,000 baby boomers a day that are retiring. And you know, we, we talk to them all the time and trying to help them figure out when is the right time to retire. And we've got a couple of things that you can look at and it'll make help you make that decision and make you feel comfortable when you do make the decision. Yeah, that'll be important information. So that's a great topic. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro with over 23 years experience providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis, also a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 25 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcasts are up every Friday afternoon. Yeah, check out our website, moneymd.net. We have a link over on the right-hand side that you can actually just listen from the website. We also have a lot of tools. If you go up into the um, the uh, heading, uh, we have resources up there, a lot of videos that we've uh, recorded over the last year, um, some calculators and so forth. have a Facebook page under MoneyMD and also a Twitter handle, uh, MoneyMD as well. So doing a lot of, trying to do a lot of education, um, kind of Ramsey style. You know, we're out there in a lot of different places. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear from you. So you can email us directly at info at moneymd.net or you can link to us off our website. Well, John, we're going to start off here with the fact of the week. Yeah, so um, you know the, the the markets, Steve, are still volatile, right? We saw October drop pretty significant amount, yep. and uh, November popped back up, but then it went back down a little bit. So you know the S and P closed um, last Friday on Black Friday, the twenty third of November, and it was down ten percent, which is um, uh, you know is known as a correction. And uh, the interesting thing is. Um, when you start understanding a little bit how markets work, it um, it puts things in perspective a little bit. This is the sixth correction that the Dow Jones uh, Industrial, uh, or excuse me, the S and P 500 has had since um, since 2009. So not quite once per year, but you look back at history, and you know some of the indexes out there have averaged a correction one time per year. That means the markets are down by 10 percent. And um, so when you understand that fact and you go through it, it's not unusual. 
Exactly. It's a lot more normal than people realize. And I, I think people don't, they underestimate how volatile the stock market really is. You know, we like to believe that it's not very volatile in years like 2017, where it just goes up all year, are normal. And in fact, that's not true. I mean, the reason the stock market pays more than twice what fixed income pays is because it is volatile. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of the game, you know. I mean, you have – as part of the investing, investing process, this is a very normal thing we're going through. Um, the markets have always recovered from corrections like this. So you just got to be patient, you know. Yeah, and there's some things, you know, doing planning and making sure you're diversified. If you're putting money in, you know, you're buying more shares. Uh, if you're in retirement, you can pull some income from your bond side of it. So there are ways to get through these corrections and even bear markets as well. And in order to get that higher return, you do have to stay invested. Right, exactly. And we wish it would, you know, recover quickly and, you know, maybe it will from here. But, uh, but yeah, it's lingering on for a month or so here. We'll see. But the normal is about three to four months. Right. Historically. Exactly. Exactly. So don't panic. That's, That's it's right. Just good, good fact of the week. It's, it's a very normal thing. So uh, just keep it in perspective and have a little patience. That's a great fact of the week. And that leads up to our first topic here, and that is retirement killers. You want to avoid these. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a recent article out of Market Watch um, from Brent Ahrens. And, uh, but you know, John, I mean, most people have a great retirement, but there are some things that can arise during your golden years that have the potential to kind of derail, derail that picturesque retirement plan. Um, you know, there are things such as divorce, illness, job loss, overspending, it can lead to some major problems in and up to retirement. And some of these can leave a retiree, you know, with a lifetime of regret. So you have to have some contingency plans when it comes to retirement for these types of issues. Um, there was a recent study that was first <clears throat> published um, here recently that uh, the 10 biggest causes of financial regret among those who have retired or are in retirement and this information can help anybody that's currently, you know, working, saving, planning for retirement. It'll give you more perspective um, in your ability to plan for your finances and for retirement <clears throat> for those unexpected turns which can come. The survey called Savings Regret targeted 1,600 Americans aged 60 to 79, and it asked them about whether they had enough money if they had saved enough money, and if not, why? Um, so it was conducted by the Rand Corporation um, here very recently. Yeah, and the results, Steve, you know, they come at a time a lot of Americans are struggling to save for retirement. Um, saver, savers are grappling with um, sometimes, you know, student, let, uh, student debt levels that are really high, uh, housing costs, um, you know, other debts that they have, whether it be cars or credit cards. Uh, wage growth, we've seen uh, kick up a little bit, but you know it's trying to make up for about 15 years of no wage growth, so that can be an issue as well. And um, you know, some folks don't have access to retirement saving vehicles through their jobs. Now they would be able to do IRAs and Roths as a uh, as a choice, um, but only about one third, or about 54 million American workers, actually put money into a 401k plan, and that's out of 150 million people that were employed. So about a third are putting money into a 401k plan. So a lot of people aren't saving for retirement and uh, it's, it's a challenge for them. Yeah, that's right. And you know, this study makes for some sobering reading because more than half of those polled 
said they wish they had saved more. Um, and four out of five of those with saving regrets admitted that they were not worried about meeting their financial needs, um, that they were, they were now worried about meeting their financial needs. Um, and a third of those feared that they would run out of money altogether. So, you know, some very sobering statistics and, and these types of ratios will come with some very big numbers if today's workers follow the same path. Um, so you, you you have to be careful. According to the Census Bureau, by 2035, some 78 million Americans will be over age 65. And some of the findings from the survey will hardly be news because the main cause of the savings um, for people saving too little is, wait for it, it's spending, spending too much. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Big figure. surprise, right? <laughs> you know, after your record... Uh, that comes after record-breaking Black Friday sales mm, numbers that were just yeah. reported for the past week. That's right. You know, it's no big surprise. I mean, and it's also not likely to be news that those with college degrees, those who earned a lot of money, and those who inherited money from wealthy parents were less likely to have financial regrets in their 60s and 70s, of course. Um, however, the report also found that the 10 retirement killers – that might not be so obvious in advance um, are the things we're getting ready to recover here and to go over here. And the biggest relate to life's major setbacks, such as ill health, unemployment, divorce. Um, and more than half of those polled had suffered at least one such setback. And those who had were about 50% more likely to end up with financial regrets in their 60s and 70s were people that had those kind of setbacks. Um, if we can't prevent these things from happening, then, you know, we often can prepare for them a lot better through savings and planning. So that's what we're going to talk about here. Meanwhile, the other retirement killers, such as overestimating Social Security, failing to make a long-term plan, are e more easily controlled. So the message here will certainly be to do some retirement planning, consider the possible setbacks before they happen. But here are the 10 biggest dangers and probably, you know, um, that each one maybe will have some kind of savings regret after age seven, after age 60 from one of these things. Yeah. And so the first one on the list is um, having very low financial literacy, about 81%. Uh, most people simply don't understand money. We see that. Um, it, it can be confusing and complicated, but. You know, if you follow like the Dave Ramsey baby steps, it can actually be pretty simple. And, you know, that's why you got to get some education, get some great advice. Um, you can read books like Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. Uh, he has an FPU class, Financial Peace University, that teaches you how to manage money. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably, uh, you know, you're trying to get additional, you know, education on it. So listen to podcasts, read books. Um, there's a exactly. lot of information out there and it does not have to be complicated. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Um, the second one here on the list was to be struck by poor health that prevents you from working. Um, and this is where having good insurance, you know, an emergency come fund comes into play. Consider a disability insurance policy and make sure you have three to six months worth of expenses saved up in an emergency fund. You know, that's really the antidote to prevent, you know, the unexpected uh, poor health issue that can arise. The third one here on the list is being laid off and spending uh, a period of unemployment um, leading up to retirement. Again, if you have an emergency fund, that's the must here. You have to have an emergency fund. 
But also you have to have a great education and a backup plan is essential. You know, update your resume from time to time to make sure that you know the skills that you have and you can offer to a new potential employer. And if you're lacking some of the more marketable skills like computer applications, then take some classes while you're still employed so that you can sharpen your skills and be prepared for those unexpected you know, turn of events with employment. Yeah. And next one here on the list, number four is earning less than expected. Um, you, you, you know, you need to always update your skills, make yourself more marketable and irreplaceable to your employer. Um, you know, there's not a stronger position to be in when it's time for a raise or promotions than if you possess the skills that you and your employer know are not easily replaced. It gives you a good, um, you know, bargaining chip as you're talking in that, um, in that area. So learn a specialized skill at your workplace and then demonstrate how valuable you are to your employer through your work and, you know, take initiative and so forth. And that can uh, pay dividends. Absolutely. That's a good one. Next one here is getting divorced. I mean, unfortunately, you know, this is always a risk, you know, with the, along with the death of a spouse, you know, which essentially results in the same thing. So, you know, we, we all know couples who appeared happy, happy and compatible who ended up in divorce. So if you stay at home with your kids, it's wise to keep your job skills sharp. Have a plan for where you would work if something did happen. Um, take some online courses. Work part-time if possible to keep your toe in the water in the job world and to keep your skills sharp. Um the next one here is making bad investment decisions, and that's where the money doctors come into play here. <laughs> um, you know, the answer to this is diversify, diversify, and diversify. You want to make sure you don't have a concentrated portfolio. Don't get suckered into the philosophy that you or someone else can pick stocks or can time the market. You know, also don't get drawn into the idea of investing more than 15% of your assets in any one sector or any one asset class like real estate. Um, we see that all the time. You know, people load up on something they think is really good. The unpredictable things can and do happen to great companies and entire industries. So stick with a well-diversified strategy that represents thousands of stocks and bonds don't forget the stock market is volatile. <clears throat> it takes a 10% drop like the one we're seeing this year every year on average, um, according to some statistics. So, you know, you need to always be prepared to ride out <clears throat> the, the downturns and have a significant amount of money invested in fixed income in retirement so that you'll have a place to draw your income while potentially allowing the market to recover. So... Stay diversified. That's a good one. Another one here on the list, Steve, is uh, that can be a danger is being hit by major medical bills. Again, this is you know where having good insurance is important, along with a, an emergency fund. So pay attention to that out of pocket maximum on your medical policy, and always have at least you know that amount saved up in your emergency fund, and you know plan to hit that out of pocket um, you know max something like one out of every four years. So. You won't have those every single year, but you need to have your emergency fund up to a level that if it does happen, it doesn't cause you to go into debt. Exactly. Yeah, it does happen. So know what your potential exposure is there. Uh, the next one here is overestimating Social Security. You know, um, you need to look at the real numbers. So set up an account at ssa.gov and download your actual benefit statement once per year, um, particularly in those 10 years leading up to retirement. You know, and then run your retirement plan using the actual benefit estimates from Social Security. And that's based on your your earnings history. 
It's based on 35 years of actual earnings history. So take the time to understand Social Security since this is a very significant part of your retirement income for most retirees. Having said that, it's not enough to live off of comfortably, so you need to make sure you have a complete retirement plan that includes other sources of income. But, you know, use the real numbers. Make an, get an account at ssa.gov. Yeah, another uh, you know danger is not having a, a long-term plan. Uh, you know, of course, planning is a key to having a great retirement, and you can't expect a relaxing retirement if you don't start planning early and make plans that run all the way through your retirement until you're you're passing. So, don't base your retirement plans on a snapshot picture based you know based solely on the first year of retirement. You need a plan that includes um, things looking out thirty years, like inflation and you know some expected returns. So you got to create a plan accordingly. And you may have to get um, help, um, you know, from an advisor um, or someone else that you that you trust that has the skills and the the tools to do that. There are some calculators out um, on the on the web. Some of them are better than others, but do some planning. Absolutely, <clears throat> yeah. And then the last one here on the list is procrastinating. You know, we all fall kind of victim to procrastination, right? Um, well, retirement planning is one of those things that it's much easier if you start early. In fact, every 10 years that you wait to invest for retirement, you need to save about three times as much per month to accomplish the same results. So you can't afford to let that happen. You know, that means you can accomplish the same results in your 401k with about a tenth of the savings if you start at age 25 instead of age 45, for instance. Um, so don't procrastinate your retirement savings and don't procrastinate your your planning. It's very difficult to catch up later. So save 15% of your income toward retirement from the very start. Get started today with a retirement plan and know that you're on track for retirement down the road. So those are your 10 retirement killers. You want to make sure you avoid those. So do some planning today. Let us know if we can help. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. And a, a client that was um, asking about giving money to um, nieces and nephews, and um, but they wanted to maintain control. That was kind of one of their their uh, their caveats of doing that. So their their question was: Is what's the best way to do that? And you could open up a custodial account, but it's going to be in the child's name. And at age twenty one, in most states, they would actually take control of it. So um, we're just going to put it into a, a brokerage account. He has four nieces and nephews. Okay. Gonna put money in a brokerage account and gonna you put them as the beneficiaries on yep, that brokerage that's account. That's not a bad way to do it. Just so, kind of segregate the money. That's and, right. Yeah. So just set you know keep it aside from retirement. Uh, he controls it, and um, you know when he passes away, it's going to go to the four of them, or he can change it at any point too. Yeah, I was going to say other ways. You know, it would be maybe a five twenty nine <clears throat> plan if it's college money. Mm-hmm. You can still be the owner. Your nieces, nephews, you know, can be the or your children can be the beneficiary of that money, but you still control it. You own it. Um, or of course you could put money in a trust Mm -hmm. and, you know, you could be the trustee and they could be the beneficiaries. So there are several ways to accomplish that, but that's a great question. And, um, you know, one that we do get from time to time. And that leads up here to our next topic. And that is the seven ways to know when it's the right time to retire. Yeah, this comes from Money Talk News from, uh, Marilena LaPonce, um, Good, uh, good topic because we we we're talking about this all the time. Right? Yes, we I are. I mean, trying yeah, to help did. people make the right decisions, and you know, it seems like people do start thinking about retirement. You know, when they start working, they're you know saving some in four hundred one ks, getting the match. But when you know, when you hit your fifties and sixties, 
you know, the dream starts looking more like a reality and, you know, it's a, it's a big decision. So you, before you quit the daily grind, you know, you got to be ready both financially as well as psych- psychologically. And, um, so here are seven ways to know that you're ready to say goodbye to the boss forever. And the first one you'd probably guess is you got to have a budget, right? Yes, you do. You got to have a budget. You, you don't get to retire unless you have a budget says you can, and this means calculating how much income you you expect to have in retirement and how much you'll spend. And then also how long your investments are going to last. You can, you know, like we talked about earlier, go to online retirement calculators to get a picture of different scenarios. Um, but you got to be careful. You may want to work with a financial planner to help you, you know, crunch those numbers. You know, we do that uh, frequently. And the exercise is, is we, we basically take the inputs, um, put it through a, a tool that we have that says, hey, this is a targeted income. And then you've got to see if that targeted income matches your budget. Exactly. Right? So, and if there's a match there, then that means financially you're, probably in pretty decent shape um, to, to take that next step. But there's some other considerations as well. Yeah, I mean, in fact, it's more than just a budget. It's actually a retirement plan. That You know, budget is the underpinning of that that plan, but you definitely have to have a budget. So, uh, so that's exactly right. That's great. The second one here on the list is y- you, you don't have to file for Social Security early. Um, that's important to know. You know, when you're making your, your budget calculations for retirement, do the numbers – only uh, do the numbers only work if you take Social Security benefits early. And while, you know, there may be some good reasons to begin collecting Social Security at age 62, such as if someone knows they won't live a long time in retirement, um, you know, or there's a big disparity between the spouse's ages, then so maybe one of you collects early. Um, it's often better to wait till your full retirement age, at least for the older spouse, if there's two of you, um, so, or you want to have that option. So if you have to take it early for it to work, then, you know, that may be an indication, you know, that, that maybe, maybe you need to wait a year or two to retire. Um, but 66 is the full retirement age for most people. If you're born between 1943 and 1954, um, taking social security, well, and then 67, if you're born after 1954, it goes up to 67. Mm, right. So taking Social Security early reduces the benefits by a fraction of a percent for each month that you that you draw Social Security early before full retirement age. So, you know, if you take it at 62, you're 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 taking you're getting about 30 percent less Mm -hmm. than you would at age 66 or 67. Um, So think about that. It goes up about eight, seven and a half, eight percent per year that you delay. Um, so don't claim early automatically. Make an intelligent decision about that. Yeah, that's a good, very good point, and that can make a big difference in your income. Uh, it also gives you some longevity insurance as well, exactly. so that's a big deal. So the next one here is, um, you know, you got to look at health insurance. You got to figure that out. If you're 65 and eligible for Medicare, healthcare expenses, you know, really shouldn't be that big of a problem. Still got some supplemental costs associated with that. But if you plan on retiring earlier than age 65 or, you know, you're not eligible for Medicare, you got to make sure that you can pay for your health insurance. Without a job providing for that benefit, you know, you're going to have to go on the open market and look for a policy for yourself. And that's very expensive. So, you, you know, one of the things as we sit down and talk with people, you have to have an answer for medical going into retirement. Absolutely. Otherwise, you just is too big of an exposure. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to consider that. Some people have VA benefits that can carry them for a few years. Um, they can just go to the VA or, you know, some people sign up for MediShare is a good alternative. You know, if you're 
less than age 65, then um, you can you can do that if you qualify. But, you know, you got to check into all that stuff. You got to make sure you have a plan and you know what what you can sign up for. Um, and then uh, is your debt under control is another uh, question before you retire. You know, it's not that you can't retire if you're in debt. It's just that debt can make it hard to do all the things you want to do and you'd plan for you know, for your senior years, for your golden years. So being saddled with debt not only means that, you know, you'll have less money for fun activities like traveling, but it also could put a crimp in your ability to pay for long-term care when the time comes. So, you know, if you're healthier, it might be better to work a few more years and to get out of debt before you retire. We like to see people totally debt-free before retirement. That gives you so much more flexibility and it gives you so much more peace of mind and less anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you have less anxiety about your markets going down with your retirement plan if you're totally out of debt and you're living way below your means. So, yeah, debt's a big deal. Yeah, and the next one here on the list is health concerns make it difficult to work. You know, sometimes your body will let you know when it's time to retire, such as when your job is negatively affecting your health or, or physically you can't just do it anymore. So ideally the balance in your bank account will agree with your body but if it doesn't you may be forced to take that social security early and uh, get you know get by financially in retirement or you could sit down and and take a look at your budget and cut away some extra expenses but I, I dealt with this with a gentleman recently and he's where he needed to be financially and he's he's had some really bad back issues and he's mm. on his feet all day and so I think 2019 is going to hang it up um, just because right. physically you can't do it anymore. So another one really important on the le- uh, list here, Steve, is um, you know making sure you you talk with your spouse. <laughs> you just don't show up one yeah, day and sure. not go back to work, right? No, you don't want to retire without having everybody on board. You know that that's dependent on you, like your spouse. So definitely want to have that conversation. Yeah, your retirement is not just about you. It's going to obviously affect your your spouse too. So don't make any decisions without sitting down. You know, for a heart to heart with your 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 beloved one, and if you're not on the same page about when and how to retire, it can make for a nightmare. Um, you know, yeah. ending your years together not on a happy note. So you yeah. want to make sure you coordinate. She, she may not want you around the house all day. That's right. <laughs> so you better have a plan for what you can do with all your time. That's right. Or, or he may not want. <laughs> he, her, right. I mean, either right. one. So either way, you can get communicate. Definitely. That's got to be all the way up down the right line, you know, long before retirement. That's right. And then the last one that, that you know it's a good time to retire once you have all these other things in order is there's so much that you can't wait to do. I mean, don't retire until you have some plans on what you're going to do with your free time. Um, you know, living every day like a lazy Saturday is going to get old after uh, you know a couple of weeks there. So rather than leave your job just because you're supposed to retire, only quit if you have a long list of activities Uh, that you wish you were doing instead. And so, again, we talk about the financial piece of it a lot, but we also spend time on the psychological piece that you have to think through that. Where are you going to plug into? Um, We're not made just to sit around and do nothing. So whether you have a hobby or you go volunteer. That's right. um, Or, you know, we have clients that I have one client. um, I always tell them when I I meet with them that I I talk about him on the podcast and to other clients. I never say his name. Right. But he's delivering flowers um, locally because he enjoys it. Okay. He he likes the The expression, the the reaction. That's an awesome thing. It really is. So financially, he's fine. He's he's, done what he needs to do, but it just brings him joy to pass around those flowers. So, yeah, you yeah. know, you got to figure out what you're going to do when you do retire. Absolutely. Yeah. Lots of volunteer stuff you can do, but you got to have a plan. Yeah. I mean, if your whole identity is wrapped up in your job and 
then you retire and you got nothing else, I mean, then then you've probably made a bad decision. So you want to be careful about that. Make sure you have a plan and you know what you're going to spend your time with. So that's a great, great topic. And uh, that brings us, wraps up the seven ways to know when it's time to retire. Um, and that brings us to our last thing, and that is the prescription of the week. you got to be really careful when you invest in individual stocks. Um, you not only have market risk, which is markets going up and down, but you also have industry risk, which means that industry can be decimated. The oil industry, for an example, you know, there's other alter- alternative fuels that are coming on board that's hurt the industry, but then you also have company risk, right? And exactly. so a great example of that, and there's, there's, I mean, our history in the stock market is littered with this, but PG&E um, is uh, Pacific Gas and, and Electric out yep. in California. There are thoughts that they cause these fires, and so their stock is down 40% Ouch. in a month. And the lawsuits, they basically came out and said, if we did start this fire, it's more than the insurance coverage that we have, and it puts our company's financial health at risk. Right, so, right. Everybody that was in that nice, stable, dividend-paying utility. Exactly. It's kind of like Scana here in South Carolina. Or Southern Company in Georgia. Yeah. I mean, there are so many people that we see that are loaded up on some stock like that because they work there. They're so comfortable with it, you know. It's it's a dividend-paying stock. It's very, you know, conservative. Well, no, not necessarily. Anything can happen. You know, a Westinghouse can go bankrupt, you know. Any time, and you know that wrecked Scanna, yeah. you know, with these these nuclear Look industry. At, so it's just so many examples. General we, Electric is another one. I mean, it's it's see it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's so you know individual stocks are, are are fun for some people because they you can make um, a lot of money into it, but you can also lose a lot. And the risk in individual stocks, in our opinion, is not worth um, the rewards. Exactly. I mean, if you have a pet stock that you own a little bit of, fine, but you got to keep it very small. Your main money has to be diversified in thousands of stocks across, you know, a dozen or so asset classes in, in around the world, around the <laughs> world with industry, you yeah. know, lots of industries. So you can't get concentrated and suckered into the idea of, of not being well diversified. Um, we, we see examples of this almost weekly. Mm, yeah, um, we do. So it's um, that's a great prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition of Money MD. Tune in next week to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. Check us out on our website, moneymd.net. And email us your questions at info at moneymd.net. Or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.